Welcome to Awareness to Action, a podcast brought to you by the Northwestern Community Services Board Prevention Department. I'm your host, Casey, a social worker and prevention specialist here in Virginia. Our podcast goal is to promote wellness through conversation, connection, and action. We hope each episode will leave you feeling inspired and motivated to look for ways to get involved in your own community. And welcome back to Awareness to Action. I'm excited to welcome Rodney Colbreth and Tina Stevens-Colbreth to the show today. Tina and Rodney are co-founders of the I'm Just Me Movement, a nonprofit organization based out of Winchester, Virginia. Tina is a trained trauma-informed practitioner, certified peer recovery specialist, and forensic peer recovery specialist and supervisor, and serves as a councilwoman on the Stephen City Town Council. Rodney is an activist and a forensic peer recovery specialist and supervisor. Tina and Rodney's work is informed by their life experiences, which they'll share with you in this episode. They dedicate themselves to empowering others, especially youth, through the I'm Just Me movement and affiliated programs. I loved getting to talk with Tina and Rodney about their 30-year partnership, their vision for the future, and their philosophy behind the work they do now. They are extremely passionate about their work and service, and you can clearly hear that and be inspired by it in every word of this conversation. Rodney and Tina, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have both of you here. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. So I want our listeners to learn about the work that you do through the I'm Just Me movement, but I also want them to know who they're listening to. So let's start with your stories. Um, Tina, will you tell our listeners about yourself? Hello, my name is Tina. I am a co-founder of an organization called I'm Just Me Movement. I am a mother of six children. Uh, I have a passion for helping and serving others. And um, I also am a councilwoman, which helps with my advocacy, but also um, a community leader as well. Um, I'll also add to that, I am a person with lived experiences with trauma. Um, I've had many obstacles and things that I've had to overcome in my life, but I've never let that define who I am or, um, you know, stop me from some of the important work that I have um, as an advocate. Um, so I grew up in a single family home. My father passed away of a drug, drug overdose. And um, with that being said, my mom wa- found herself raising three girls in a house. Um, and it was, it was challenging, you know, for her to be able to, um, you know, sometimes uh, provide some of the basic uh, needs that we had, but also to help, you know, with things that pertain to our mental health. So with that being said, um, I think that those things don't define me, but they do uh, provide me the ability to empathize and be compassionate. uh, And I think that's a huge strength that I have. Thank you, Tina. Rodney? Oh, my name is Rodney. A little bit about me. like Tina said, um, I, I grew up in Alexandria. I grew up in Falls Church, Alexandria. Um, a little bit about me is uh, my father. 
Um, I enjoy passions of what we do at um, Just Be Movement and what we do in our lives, our daily lives. And I'm um, helping, serving people, supporting, being involved in the community, being engagement, being engagement with our youth and young people and families. So um, and I, I grew up in a household that wasn't the best, but I consider it the best because we had each other. Um, so and those are the things that you kind of um, that kind of builds your resilience and kind of built me to the person I am today. So um, that's um, that's me in the kind of in a nutshell. Thank you both. I'm I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So let's jump into it. Uh, anyone looking for information about the I'm Just Me movement can find it online, but I think it's more exciting to hear you talk about it. So I'd love for you to share how it got started and what kind of work you're doing with it in the community now. The I'm Just Me movement came about uh, initially because we had a son that had some uh, learning disabilities. Um, he always hid those challenges and didn't want people to know his secrets. Um, he, as he got older, decided that he was going to disclose that uh, he was a grad. He was graduating uh, at a local high school here, uh, and he decided to share his story. When he did that, we went into schools to talk about uh, bullying, effects of bullying and how our words hurt, but also how we can actually overcome, you know, things that are tough and things that, you know, are, you know, adversities. Uh, and so we hit the ground running talking about this in schools, uh, assemblies, whoever and wherever we could go to talk about the importance of embracing who you are, accepting others in their differences and realizing that we can all overcome adversity with support. Um, in some of those assemblies, we would hear a trend, a trend where kids would say, I don't care about bullying other children. I don't care about being nice or kind. Um, you know, no one cares about me. So for the first time, we realized that there's a connection with children that are uh, bullying or having behaviors that are intimidating others. And it is because they have some things that they're working through as well, and they don't feel heard and they don't feel seen. Um, so at one of the assemblies, I actually looked at one of the young ladies and I said, I hear you. I hear you and I feel your pain. You know, I grew up you know, a situation where I lost my dad to a drug overdose. And I, I was very sad about that. And, and I was bullied as well because ch children didn't understand that I had dirty clothes because my mom was not available to do some of those things that I needed. And so when I went to school, I, I had clothes that were not clean and kids would um, say mean things. And I said, I hear you and I feel you. Um, so I talked to Rodney afterwards and I said, you know, we really need to support these young people that are hurting and i'm sure you've heard of the book hurt people hurt people and so we decided that we would create a mentor program that could help people overcome adversity and so that's kind of how we got started um we became a nonprofit 501c3 organization in 2015. we didn't want to stop there so we um wanted to have a national impact 
with these messages. So we created a national holiday that is now on the calendar for October. Uh, and it really is about embracing who you are, um, all the great qualities that you have, but realizing that we're all different, we're all unique, and we all have purpose and value that we bring to this world. Uh, and so that is now in the National Day calendar and it's celebrated for the full month of October. Uh, we, at the end of the proclamation that was uh, accepted and approved, really dives into the fact that helping people that overcome adversity and um, even are participating in bullying, the solution to helping to stop bullying is to help people that are hurting. So with that being said, um, we created the national holiday and I don't want to say the rest is history, but I'll let, I'll let Rodney join in. Um, I, I was just um, echo what Tina was saying. I, we thought, I thought it was best than when we felt like when it came to like anti-bullying messages that we wasn't so far against bullying for 30 days, but we found out there could be a conversation had there, especially when you talk about young people and having that conversation and dialogue. And I think that became really the importance of not just the national month, but just for I'm just me movement. And I think the, and the best part of that was how can we work with families also? Uh, it's just so vital how, you know, when mentoring comes about, it's just like, like isolated as far as we're just mentoring children or we're just mentoring kids, but we also in helping supporting mentoring families and parents at the same time. Uh, that's why I think I'm just me movement came such, it's such a vital thing for our community. And then the national month was just a fresh really of, of, of air to impact just not only just the young people, but families, families in general, because I think sometimes we, we, we can miss the point and missing um, that, that very um, instinct thing where we can help each other and build that resiliency among people and especially among family members. Um, I also want to add one thing, you know, our goal is to promote inclusion, diversity, and of course, you know, self-pride as well as overcoming adversity, but we also foster a commitment to young people um, that promotes um, self-acceptance, you know, lim um, limiting beliefs, uh, pro-social friendships, strong interpersonal skills, helping them build those, and, you know, the, the assertion, you know, that they have a sense of hope in their futures, despite these things that um, have happened and that they are not their environmental factors, but their own hopes, dreams, and aspirations. And I also feel that, you know, only through conscious self-management and healthy personal relationships can a sense of individual uh, responsibility uh, be reestablished that will give these individuals um, the commitment to follow through on their own paths with a sense of pride and accomplishment. I appreciate both of you sharing what this means to you because it's it's so clear that you're both really passionate about this work. Tina, what you said before your conversation with that girl when you said, I hear you. I mean, that's really the basis of all the work that you do, right? It's helping people to feel seen and known and to go from there. And I think it's it's easy to love the message behind the movement, obviously, celebrating the things that make us unique, but that is not always easy to put into action. And I'm hoping you can speak to the really tangible impact that being yourself and embracing your differences can have on mental wellness and relationships. Um, I'll say that how you feel about yourself is how you move around in the world. And if you don't feel 
so good about yourself, sometimes that comes out as behaviors that are negative and people focus on those behaviors instead of what has happened and how they can be part of helping you build those crucial uh, pieces to reaching resilience. And I think the first thing that has to happen is trust. In my household, we learned very early on that you do not tell your family secrets. So one of the challenges for me was being in school and not knowing who I could trust and with what information I could trust and then what they were going to do with that information. Um, because growing up, we learned, you know, through other families that we lived um, in the same you know, government housing with is that if you said the wrong thing to the wrong people that you were removed from your home and possibly could never see your family again. So establishing trust, I think, is the main foundational piece and developing connection with someone. And it made a huge difference for me um, being a mom, a teen mom at age 15 and confiding in my teacher that, you know, I was pregnant and that I felt my life was over, you know, that was a huge step for me. But at that point, I thought we've been told to hide our secrets and it's gotten me more sad, more defeated. And so when my teacher said, you know, whatever it is bothering, whatever is bothering you, I care. And I said, okay, you know, I'm, she says, well, it looks like you're having a bad day. Do you want to talk about it? So I said, well, you know what? Fine. Here it is. I'm 15. I'm pregnant and I'm probably not going to graduate and I'm probably going to end up like my dad and I'm probably not going to be a good mom. And so I, at that point, I had taken on a lot of labels that people had put on teen moms. And so the reaction that I got from her was the total opposite. So I expected her to say, well, I think you're right. Graduating is going to be tough and you're going to be a teen mom. Yeah, not such a good idea. But she didn't do that. She said to me, I still think you can graduate. I'm going to be here to, to help you every step of the way but you have to trust that I will do that. And for the first time I was like, okay, whatever my mom has told us not to say, like it's too late now because six months from now I'm gonna have a child. And if I don't stop something, if I don't change something, then this is gonna be a generational thing that I don't wanna pass on to my children. So I think trust and connection is huge. Rodney, did you want to chime in? I mean, trust is definitely a big thing. I think when you kind of look behind the scenes of I'm Just Me movement, you actually take a peek into our lives and how we ended up where we ended up at. I think same thing with Tina with trust. Mine's always been the trust factor. Like Tina said, just keeping the secrets, just understanding everything around us. Um, you know, and I could feel that that today when we when we talk to students and young people and family that kids are in school surviving and steady having them thrive and reach their goals and, and their potential and their purpose. Um, that's where, you know, our, that passion really comes in that because you want to see that for our young people and families. And I do want to just say one additional thing in terms of the mental health piece of it. When you feel that you don't have to tackle things alone, 
bottle them up uh, and you can actually talk about things and work through and process through some of the traumatic or childhood um, experiences that have affected your life, I, I think it really, um, it improves the mental health of young people because they have outlets and ways to uh, build that resilience and they don't have to do that alone. You have children that are being raised by grandparents and you know maybe parents that may not have the skills to give. Uh, and so I think that mentors and other people that can help uh, model how to build resilience and how to implement skills to cope, I think it does make a world of difference um, when in terms of uh, mental wellness. And what I'm thinking of as I hear you talking about that trust is that it's on us as adults to follow through and to keep showing up. Like if I would like to assume that that teacher meant what she said and and was a good support to you during your pregnancy. But, you know, if we say, yeah, I'll be there for you, like you can trust me. And then we don't follow through or continue to invest in that young person, then we've caused some serious damage and and not set them up for success. So um, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that trust on our end as providers and, and the grownups. <laughs> Absolutely. I like to say that I am a product of support and what mentorship can do. Although my mom meant the very best, she didn't have the skills to give. And so um, I graduated. I walked across the stage with my son and he wore my cap. And I also made it to college. Um, more importantly, or as important, um, Rodney and I have maintained a healthy relationship for 30 years. And we have broken many, many generational cycles because we were able to accept the support, gain new skills, and strengthen on the skills that we had but never believed we could utilize and um so you know we have to date uh six children that have graduated high school some of that have gone to college um and so when we talk about our six children um rodney and i gave birth to two sons um he had a daughter when i met him and then we adopted a sibling group of children which are my sister's children my biological nieces uh niece and nephew and so with that being said, just imagine if I didn't have the skills or acquired those skills from my mentor to pass on through generations now. Um, and I think that um, I think that's just critical. I think it's just critical that, you know, we, we model that, we continue to model that, we continue to show up and we continue to support young people that are dealing with such tough times and that want to do the best, but just don't have, um, they just may not have all of the pieces and it, they don't have a clear picture, you know, on what their future could be. And sometimes if you don't see what your future could be, you don't dream. And I want people to continue to dream and reach for those things that they want to achieve. Uh, and so I just want to follow up on the fact that yes, keep showing up, keep showing up. It makes a difference. It makes a world of difference when you talk about generational cycles that are being broken. I did not realize you had been together for 30 years. <laughs> That's amazing. What a testament to 
what it means to keep showing up and pushing through good times and hard times. That's beautiful. Thank Definitely. you. <laughs> compromise, a lot of compromise. I don't always have to have my way. Um, we were children growing up, children having children, and we were growing and learning. And, you know, what I've learned is that I don't want to always have to have my way. It, he doesn't always have to have his way, but to compromise and that so that we can both have come to the table and contribute and bring, you know, ideas and options. And that was a hard one for me because when you grow up so independent or the, you know, the one that is kind of in this adult situation and keeping the family together, you learn that the only person I can depend on is me. And sometimes it doesn't leave room for other people to help or to show up. And so I've learned that. I've learned that I can uh, compromise and that, you know, I think that is, uh, has been something that's really been able to help um, our relationship grow. Uh, even uh, though we are co-founders of an organization um, and work together and live together and play together, uh, compromise is really critical. I love that we just got a little bit of relationship advice here, <laughs> awareness to action, <laughs> because it, I mean, it applies, what you just shared applies to every relationship that we have. And um, I'm, I'm glad that you were talking about it in that way, because I want to kind of expand what we just talked about, because one of the focuses in your work is the reality that moving beyond simple tolerance to a real celebration of humanity positively impacts everyone around us. So I want to talk about how a foundation of self-acceptance and respect benefits the community as a whole. How can we bring that individual um, peace to the broader community? The landscape of our communities are very diverse. Um, many people, different shades, different colors, different backgrounds. Um, and I think it's important to go beyond simple tolerance and not only accept people, you know, for who they are, but actually see who they are um, and make them feel like their voices are heard. We all have something con to contribute um, to this world. And so I think it's important that we allow people to uh, share their uniqueness and um, as a whole, it benefits our community because we end up with a whole um, array of ideas, innovative ways to tackle problems, and we are able to arrive at community solutions to community problems. It's not all, you know, not all one group has all the answers. Not all of the professionals have the answers. All not all the school systems have the answers. Not all of the medical systems have all the answers. It is collaboratively together that we arrive at these community solutions, um, as I said, for these uh, community problems or issues. For my situation, kind of when you look at the world, like I can help you and I don't have to look like you to help you. I don't have to be you know, your economic situation to help you. I want to help you because um, that's my the human spirit um, in our community to want to help you. You do see me. Um, I think that's very critical. I think even from even when I was growing up and I went to a school in Mount Vernon, 
and we was getting mentors. And I happened to miss school that day. So when I came back to school, there was only one mentor left and it was a white guy. It was this white guy. It was like this older white guy. And I wondered like, what did this guy, what, where's the, I thought I was getting a black mentor. Um, they're like, well, you didn't come. This is what we have. He has to meet so-and-so. And then we, I met him and, and it was like, okay, what you could do for me? Like, you don't, you don't understand my situation problem. And it wasn't even about that. At the end of the day, at the end of the, this, this mentor thing with him, he showed me uh, a human spirit, a caring spirit, you know? And I, I remember the thing that I always remember, never forget to this day, is me and him walking. We're at a shopping center and he gives me this picture and it has nothing but cows in this picture and it has nothing but fields in this picture. And he asked me one question. He said, Rodney, if all of this, what you see in this picture was yours, what would you do, do with it? And I filled that thing up with everything that I knew. Only things that I knew, basketball court, this, that. He said, what if I were to tell you we're standing in this field that you're looking at? It's actually this shopping center. And I was like, huh? He said, this shopping center. He said, you could dream and do anything you want to do. You know, the, the world is in your hands. You could do what you want to do. It's, it's, this is, you know, and that right there opened my eyes up to the whole thing that this guy wanted me to open my mind and I was able, and, and I was allowed to open my mind and dream and have those possibilities thing. I just didn't have to fill this picture up with things I only knew from what just I just knew of. So just like what Tina said in the community, just seeing people work together, come together, no matter what our backgrounds is, if we all committed to the same fronts of helping our young people, our children, our families, then you're showing up. You're being there because you want to be there. Thank you both for sharing what that community perspective looks like. Rodney, hearing you talk about your mentor is bringing up some themes of the work that both of you do, which then two of those big themes I think are, are having a personal touch and making those one-on-one -on -one connections and offering guidance and mentorship and inspiration that way, and also having representation at the table. Can you expand on that? As Rodney um, had shared about um, the mentor, you know, even though his mentor did not look like him, um, he had some representation um, in sharing, you know, his lived experiences uh, with trauma and how he was able to um, share things that affected him and how he could move on, um, but also how his mentors shared that he could dream big. And so we need people that look like us sometimes or have had some, some experiences that are similar to ours to see ourselves and to see that it's possible for us to overcome. Um, and, you know, equally, you know, I feel it's important, too, when you talk about representation. Statistics show that if children have someone that looks like them, someone that's representative of some of their um, lived experiences, some of their ethnic backgrounds, um, that they have a higher level of success. And success is really, you know, interpretation. But, you know, kids need to see people that look like them, that are um, in roles of decision making. And, you know, um, in terms of the statistics, it does show that kids are more likely to achieve 
make it to college and achieve the goals that they set for themselves when they have representation and people that look like them have been able to do that as well. So additionally, representation is important. And I know um, I was uh, elected the first African-American woman to run and win a seat on city council. Um, that's important because now other young girls, no matter what their ethnicities, no matter what their backgrounds, no matter what their adversities, know that they can also have an opportunity to be engaged, to affect their communities and to, you know, dream big, you know, be engaged. Uh, but representation is very, very important. And I think that um, you've got to be able to see that you are what you see and that that can also be uh, possible for you. And that's why it matters and is important for everyone to be involved in investing in young people and in each other because we need folks from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all experiences to be able to share those experiences and, and share their lives, right? Yeah, and I think it also cultivates um, change because you've got to have people at the table, no matter where you are, that are able to be involved in conversations of decision-making and, um, conversations and topics that affect, um, all of us. Bringing your perspectives to the table, I think is so important. Absolutely. So shifting the focus forward to the future, um, the I'm just me movement has seriously evolved over time. And I'm wondering where you are hoping to go from here. Where, what does the future hold for the movement? Um, well, for me, um, I feel like the movement um, is ongoing. The movement is not about me. It's not even about Rodney. It's not about an organization, but it's about empowering people to really tap into their great qualities and know that they have worth and value. And the movement continues to go on. Um, we have people from all across the nation reach out to us um, to you know, get permission to use the likeness and um, assemblies for school, you know, can we please, can we use the I'm just me theme? And can we construct a board and have everyone share something that makes them unique? We really like that model that you've done. And can we please use it? So no matter if I'm involved, if Rodney's involved, the movement continues to touch people um, and it, it continues to empower people. I know that one of our founders of the National Holiday, uh, Zach Harrell, um, once he graduated high school, actually took it to college with him. You know, he wanted to make sure that this was a message, even in a college environment, to help cultivate conversations about uniqueness and challenges and going beyond simple tolerance. So the movement continues to move, we'll continue to advocate, we'll continue to empower, we'll continue to support through education and trainings, um, and we'll continue to share our lived experiences. But the truth is, the more we have you know, touched others' lives, they have touched our lives and they continue to uh, do the same. It's almost like a gift that keeps giving, you know, a message that keeps giving. 
be who you are, all of who you are, and it's okay to be different. It's okay to travel the path that's less traveled. We're all unique. We all have value. We all have worth. And the more others spread those messages, this movement continues to grow. It continues to carry the, the very critical uh, pieces of it. Uh, and, you know, I continue to be amazed, you know, on a daily basis, even just recently Googling, you know, getting ready for the national holiday. I'm thinking, let's Google some of the things that people have done, you know, for the national holiday. So I literally Googled just the other day and there was a library in Connecticut that wanted to, you know, empower their community. And so they created this whole community event um, at, that included books and, you know, diversity and inclusion and, you know, let's really empower people to be all of who they are. I was blown away. And that's in Connecticut. People I've never reached, people I've never connected with. And um, so this movement will continue to move on. And it is about the people. It's about the message. And I hope that we can continue to uh, create conversation and dialogue. Oh, um, what, I, what I see for the future is um, hopefully this little tiny big heart organization um, be a ma major player in the community, a contributor in the community, a piece of the puzzle in the community. Um, and not just me and Tina doing the work, but it'd be so many other great people doing the work within the movement, within the organization. Um, it's like um, one of those things that you hope that it leaves its own legacy in a sense long after we're gone, um, you know, maybe my son or granddaughter steps up, but it'd be all these other wonderful, great people and in a, a, a growing board um, that um, will actually be running. I'm just me movement and still doing the great work and the vision and the mission. So, I mean, I think that's where I hope to see that in the future as it moves forward, as it grows. <laughs> I think it's a testament to what you've created and what can happen when we put good into the world with humility, where it's not the Tina and Rodney show, because if it was the Tina and Rodney show, it wouldn't go that far because not everyone could connect with it, but you've created something that is, that touches everyone and can be shared and grown without you there, which is really cool and not the case for every, every initiative like this. Thank you so much. And you're, you're absolutely correct. You know, uh, a moment is a moment, but a movement continues to go on. And um, long after Rodney and I are gone, I do believe that this, um, this proclamation and this um, dedication to helping people uh, embrace their uniqueness will continue to go on for a long time. And we keep talking about the national holiday. And I want to focus on that for people listening because uh, this episode is going live at the end of September. So October is I'm Just Me Because Month. It's about to kick off. What does the month-long celebration involve? How can people participate? Great question. So um, the month itself is, as you said, it's celebrated for the whole month of October, and that was intentional. I felt like, you know, schools and assemblies and people really focus on October as anti-bullying month. And if you are against something, if you're anti, um, 
but if you are against people that are bullying and you're targeting people that are hurting for 30 days, I think that's only part of the problem. So we don't want to talk about problems. We want to talk about solutions and how we can help people really embrace who they are and understand that people that bully um, need help too, need support too. And so with that being said, you know, in this month, we invite all people to em embrace their individuality. Um, and our motto is be yourself. Um, we really focus on promoting individual development, um, creating environments that break down stereotypes and really embracing who people really are. Um, I'll also say that by doing that, we also recognize that diversity around us and moving beyond, uh, as I've said before, um, simple tolerance to really celebrate humanity. We talked a little bit earlier about mental wellness. Um, we did make sure that we added a piece to that because it is important, you know, it is important to, to add pieces of, of how you can have, um, you know, mental wellness and how embracing who you are um, has a play in that. So with that being said, you know, it's expressing who we are also goes a long way to improving and maintaining mental wellness. Um, you know, when we're confident in our voice and our uniqueness, we can share those qualities with others. We also build upon the foundation that we can fall back on in times of crisis. Our mental wellness overcomes many obstacles that life throws at us. And October and the I'm Just Me movement, um, in, in addition to the I'm Just Me Because Month, we really provide an opportunity to grow and experience and understanding in ways that we never have before. It's a big month. A lot going is. on. <laughs> so it's your exciting. <laughs> yes. So your question was, how do people observe this? So during the month, we want people to express themselves through their strengths, their talents, their achievements. Some people may, you know, choose to define themselves through their, you know, appearance or, you know, really starting conversations, you know, with other people through their hair or, you know, socks or, you know, different ways that share that, hey, you know, I don't have to be uniform. I don't have to be exactly like you. I can be different. Um, and it, I want people to remember that they can identify the connection of the world's greatest person that they are and be just that. Do you have like a go-to exercise or practice for like a little self-esteem exercise that anyone who's mm -hmm. listening can do for themselves? So yes, there are a couple exercises that we do, uh, no matter what the age um, in our workshops, we really focus on being the best version of you. And so one of the exercises that we do as hard as it may be, because sometimes people don't want, they have these great talents and these strengths and these unique things that they want to share, but they're not sure how other people may receive them. Or if I say that this is what makes me unique, will people judge me? And so one of the exercises and icebreakers that we use is called, I'm just me because. And we want people to finish that sentence or complete that sentence. So we go around the room and we have people repeat, I'm just me because, and then add what makes them the unique. 
So for me, I would say, I'm just me because I'm a breast cancer survivor. Then I would, you know, kind of go around the room and have people share. And you have all kinds of things. I'll say, what are things that people may not know about you? And you may have someone share, well, I'm just me because I sing while I walk but nobody knows. Or, you know, I had someone tell me that they, um, you know, I'm just me because I'm a writer, but none of my work has been published and people actually don't know how great I am. And I've created novels that have never been, you know, exposed to others. And I can't believe I'm telling people this right now, you know? So, you know, it is exciting once they can break past the fact of, I'm not gonna be judged. If I share I'm just me because I can do it with comfort, I can, and we start these um, workshops off with um, creating a safe space to share. So I don't know if that answers your question, but basically we, we allow people the space, the safe space, the non-judgmental space to share, and then we ask them to complete the sentence, I'm just me because... It absolutely answers my question. And I'm making it a homework assignment for everyone listening to, after this episode is over, pause and think, reflect on that. Think about that exercise. So Tina, if somebody is listening to this and wants to get engaged with the work you're doing beyond this month, where would they start? First of all, I will direct them to the website. You can totally go to the website. Um, it's www.imjustme.com movement.org. Um, you'll find out what we're doing in our communities to positively um, impact and engage youth and their families. You can get signed up to be a mentor. Um, you can definitely find out more about the initiatives that we have, um, initiatives that are student-led. Um, we have a project positive that people have reached out and want to now bring to their school locales. And it really is a student-led initiative um, that focuses on how to uh, help change the cultures um, to be more inclusive uh, in learning environments. So there's tons of information on the website. Um, definitely check it out and see if it's something there um, that you'd like to contribute in some way, shape or form. Um, we'd love uh, to have people share their time, talents and treasures. I love that. Time, talents and treasures. Uh, I wanna close by asking each of you our signature question. What does the process of awareness to action mean to you? So this is very interesting. We've talked about a lot in this hour. And I feel like one of the things that has been important for me is knowing that awareness is about acknowledgement. It's about acknowledgement that we don't have to be perfect. We all have things that we're working on, um, that there's tons of room for forgiveness and healing and to continue to learn and grow. Where you start is not your finish line. I had a rocky start. Rodney had a rocky start. Um, to this day, you know, we're very close with our families. My mom has had 45 years of recovery. She's gained some skills and learned some things. Um, and Additionally, our family. 
as dysfunctional as we have been, <laughs> um, and sometimes continue to be, depending on who's in the room, um, we continue to realize that we are family. We are all that we have, and that you know we can forgive, we can rebuild, we can love again, um, and that we you know are are a unit. And so part of the awareness for me is realizing that there's room to grow and love, forgive and heal and allow yourself to do that uh, when the time is right. And it's hard, it's possible, it's gonna take some work. Um, my process of awareness to action is to allow yourself to feel the emotion and live life forward. Uh, it, it seems like one of those, it's like one of those things I look at, like um, information is power that someone always said and, and knowledge is like action. So it's like one of those things, like, you know, you got the information now it's like, take it to action. How do you put it into action? Like, you know, whether it's words, um, whatever it may be, it's like, how do you take that awareness and make that awareness, make it is the, the, not to be all, be all, but just like uh, bringing such awareness to such different topics, different things, just so, so actionable to me when I think about it. It's like something you're moving forward. Kind of like when I see your A to A thing, it's almost like it's running, like it's an action, it's, an, it's in motion. And I think that people being in motion and that's where you want to be. You want to be in motion, moving towards a uh, greater good, uh, greater sense of community and awareness. Tina and Rodney, thank you both for your answers to that question and for being here for this conversation. I so appreciate your perspective and what you're doing in the community, what you've created. I think it's really, really special. And I'm excited that this month is coming up. I'm going to figure out my own ways to celebrate. I'm just me. <laughs> month. And I think it's going to be really cool for, for all the people who are impacted by it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for the work you're doing. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for allowing us to share, uh, allowing us to be vulnerable. And, you know, I think that um, this is an awesome thing that you guys are doing, you know, when we talk about awareness. Thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. And thank you uh, for the opportunity to share more about, you know, the organization, our lived experiences, and the national holiday. Thank you for having us. Thank you both so much. Thanks for listening. And thanks again to Rodney and Tina for joining us on the show. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend. And make sure you subscribe to Awareness to Action so you don't miss out on any of the conversations we have coming up in Season 2. 